to episode 11 of Jesse J's Pinball Adventures with your hosts, Jesse J and Ryan C. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing amazing, Jess. I got a new pinball machine. My life's complete. Oh my gosh, new shiny things. Tell me everything. What did you get? I got a Rick and Morty. Um, It took 11 months to get here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was like the least excited I've ever been about a new pinball machine that day. I don't know. Like you talked about me being in a mood last week on the podcast. I was in a mood that day because the machines were unloaded in a different state. Um, So a bunch of people, I think there were 17 that came to Australia. I think six of them were unloaded in New South Wales and people kind of had nothing but issues and not crazy, crazy issues, but I'm kind of sitting there like being CC'd on emails and there was a group chat and I'm like, I'm getting angry just like last week on behalf of my friends. Like I don't want to see my friends you know, not get ripped off like uh, the pep flock thing, but I don't like to see my friends get like upset and not have that like nice feeling. So yeah. my machine was actually pretty much perfect, but I was angry on their behalf that they didn't have that <laughs> unboxing experience. So I, so I played, I played a total. Like to know, <laughs> sorry, have you taken a chill pill this week? Like, how are you feeling? What's your mental state like this week, Ryan? Is it improved? Do we need some therapy? Um. I'm, I'm in a good mood, but I'm I'm just realizing that like certain certain things don't make me as happy as they as they used to be. Like there was in there pinball. was no well yeah like opening this machine. I played two games on it the first day, and maybe I've put like a hundred games in it over the last week and a half, however long it's been, um, which is okay. But like back in the day, I would put a hundred games on it on in the first day. You you just not keep me off the machine. But now I'm like oh, yeah like. It's just it's just pinball. Like it's nothing. This thing's not gonna do my lunch and fold my clothes and iron my shirt. Not gonna do your tax return. Not my tax returns. Yeah, yeah. Disappointing. But do you think that's because you've got other stuff, like other fun stuff, going on in your life, and you're not just a sad nerd anymore? I feel like a (laughs) pinball. I just, I just processed what you just said. Yeah. I, I loved <laughs> hearing that delay then because I was like, oh, he's going to catch up in a second. <laughs> um, I think it, it might be. I think it also has something to do with the fact that we were in, I know everyone in the world's at different stages of coronavirus. Just a coronavirus update for Melbourne. You know, we were in lockdown, like hard lockdown for three plus months. Like we couldn't leave our fucking houses. Way more than three. It was close to six. Uh, I think it was like a hundred and anyway, it was a long time. 112 days, 112 days of not being able to like go five Ks away from your house, unless you had a really, really good reason. Um, anyway, a pinball machine would have been like amazing in the, in that period, but Mm. literally like we've had no cases for 23 days, something forever. They've basically eliminated it, um, to the point that, like, if you see someone, like your friend, you don't do the fist bump thing anymore. You just, like, basically just stick your tongue directly into their throat. You're like, here, here are my germs. It's not coronavirus because no one has it in Melbourne <laughs> at the moment. Um, yeah. So, so because of that, like, being cooped up all of winter and not being able to see friends and family and whatnot, and now all of a sudden I can, like, go to the beach and go hiking. The last thing I, I really want to do, regardless of the pinball machine, is sit inside and play pinball. Unless, yeah. with the asterisk, unless... Unless it's Guns N' Roses. No, unless it's with a shitload of people. I, I really realise that, like, I, I like pinball, but the, the biggest thing I like about pinball is hanging out with people and them having fun. Like, I don't... I don't... I like to compete and all that kind of stuff, but 
um, like hanging out with you and Marty um, the other day and Dave, and now we can have 15 people over my house. Like that's that's what I want. Like I don't actually want to sit there and play pinball yeah. by myself. I want to play with people. I want people to have fun. Yeah. Yeah, the social element is such a huge thing for lots of people. Um, but at least soon we're going to be out of it, right? We're going to be able to hang out again. We're going to have tournaments. Is this hopefully. is the social element important for you, Jess? Didn't you like tell me that you've basically been putting, uh, you've put over a thousand games on my shadow in the last. <laughs> well, as, as I said that, I was thinking about this. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I am pleased to announce I finally beat the final battle on Shadow, which took me, according to the audit just over 1200 games to do um so like i messaged you the other day and i was like hey ryan i just ran an audit and i've played over a thousand games since this got here in late august um which is you know 25 percent of all of the games on this machine which was made in 1994 and you were like yeah so when are you giving it back again (laughs) um i mean with the old games if you pull the battery the audits get reset so it's very hard to tell how many uh, games were were on there um, so more, right. a lot more games have been played than that. Oh, that makes me feel better then. Cause I was like, damn, I've, I've put a lot of mileage on this. Um, yeah. So for me, I mean, I, you know, being a boxer as well, I guess I like things and like, I enjoy running as well. For example, I like things which pit me against myself. I like things which are really challenging, which I like where the only opponent is me. I mean, I guess in boxing, yes, you're fighting somebody else, but it's not a team thing, you know, running, you have to challenge yourself and same with playing at pinball at home. I like to try and do everything on the shadow because it's a challenge against just me. And I know that I can constantly improve. But the social element is massive for sure. I mean, I went and played with Haley and Daniel the other day, played their Guardians and Game of Thrones. And that was fun. It was really cool to get on a new machine and have a flip. But the social element's definitely a massive part of it. Everybody having fun together, enjoying the call-outs, enjoying the sound. You don't have to, like, enjoy the social element. I, I Like, that's a not a new thing for me it's just a new realization about how important that is the first like however many like i don't know 10 20 meets that i went to like i would walk in like oh hey thanks for inviting me to your house and then i'll just go and play pinball and not talk to anyone and i didn't care <laughs> like i didn't care about anyone i just want to play all the new games um so you're you're allowed to just like pinball and not like people it's it's, it's fair do i do i strike you as someone that doesn't like people ryan you strike me as someone who doesn't like to wear pants I don't like to wear pants, and I am not wearing pants now. Do you have an issue with that? I don't have have an issue. I just just don't say that, Do we have a uniform code now for Jesse J's Pinball Adventures? This is why I've got my protective cushion in place. (laughs) So if I stand up too quickly, you won't see my butt. (laughs) Um, Back to Rick and Morty. Um, Yeah. What are your thoughts on Rick and Morty as a game? I liked it. I mean, I haven't seen a single episode of Rick and Morty, so the theme wasn't a pull for me. Wait a second. You hadn't you, you hadn't seen an episode back then. Not that one. Was like a, it, yeah, but now. like, have you, have you I cl- still haven't. Oh, what are you doing with your life? I've had shit to do, man. I'm watching Rick and Morty. I'm out seeing my friends. You've just described how we've been in like an eternal lockdown and now we can do stuff. I've been doing stuff. Okay. I've been watching Rick and Morty. <laughs> so, I mean, at the time, anyway, I hadn't watched it. And so the theme wasn't a massive draw for me, but I did find it funny. Um, I love the sound. Denise obviously does a great job. Um, the gameplay, I liked it. I didn't love the huge, like, big plastic up on the left-hand side. I just felt a bit uh, yeah. Yeah. obstructive, I guess. Um, but I thought it was fun to play. Um, no major complaints. It was a good time. It was great to hang out with you and Marty and Dave as well. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any fresh hot takes. Ask me what, about what, you? what my hot take is. Yeah, what's yours, Ryan? Um, I fucking hate it. No, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not a game that I liked um, immediately. And the more I play it, the more I like it, which, yep. um, I, I don't know. Some games are like that. Some games you like instantly and, and they, they stay likable. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a bunch of like weird things about the code that really bring out the crazy OCD in Ryan. Like <laughs> like what? Okay, so when when you dra- when you when the ball drains, the ball's over. Give me my bonus, which I'm able to skip by double flipping, and let me play the next ball. Mm-hmm. There's a series of pinball machines, and Rick and Morty is a very bad example of it that seem to think that you care about, like, the mode that you were in and, like, what happened at the end of the modes. It'll tell you something about Mega Seeds. And, like, so, I don't know. I, I, I drained the other day and it was, like, the Roy mode. And then, you know, you die. And then um, Morty takes his helmet off. And then he's, like, you failed. Like, Roy's dead. And then you get the stamp. And then you get the bonus. And mm-hmm. I don't know how long it takes. It could actually only be, like, 10 seconds. But it feels like... 20 plus seconds to me it's just too, it's too much Guardians of the galaxy does it um there's so many games that... oh guardians is bad for it we were all discussing this when we played guardians the other day but see this is the thing do you think that maybe pinball just makes us like instant gratification hoes in the extreme because yeah you're right it's in reality it's probably only two or three seconds but it feels like a long time yeah, if it's in if it's in the middle of the game and it's staged in the ball, sometimes depends on what the game is. I mean, yeah, Guardians is horrible, and the worst thing about Guardians, which you probably didn't notice, is that every mode is on a timer, and the timer doesn't stop during animations. So if you, I ha- did notice that. Yeah, so yeah, you have to purposely skip animations. The only yeah. time when it works out well in Guardians is when you hit at a ball in multi ball. Um, and it just leaves the ball in there, and basically, like you can drain your other balls, or you, it's basically like you're playing with a like an increased ball saver. Because if it has to stack ten animations in a row before it gets to the hey, you got an extra, you got a, an add a ball, it's it won't let you lose your ball in that time because of like right. just, because of bad coding, basically. Um, mm-hmm. The only coder who has ever pretty much not once disappointed me, and I know this sounds like really like entitled. <laughs> Oh no, there's two of them. There's Lyman Sheets and Keith Johnson. Like I, I, I know that they have some form of like OCD or whatever it is because everything that happens in their code makes complete sense to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm never like, ah, oh, why is this like animation not skippable or why is this happening and and that and that. It's like everything's like, oh yeah, this is how if I could if I had the skills to program this pinball machine, this I'm sounding like a total asshole. Um, all I'm you saying, are. I'm all judging I'm, you over here. Yeah, all I'm saying <laughs> is that, like, there's... Like, Lyman Sheets would never put the Farley mode in the shadow. He wouldn't be like, hey, let's just, like, put this mode in the pinball machine that doesn't suit the the theme, um, kind of, like, the mood of the pinball machine at all. I'm just going to chuck it in there because it's a bit of fun. Lyman Sheets would be like, no, let's not do that. I mean, you really hate Farley, and yes, it is kind of an annoying mode, but, it, I mean, the character in the movie is annoying, too. Like, if that's meant to flow on from the film itself, then it makes sense to me. Yeah, I know. All I'm saying is that Lyman Sheets and Keith Johnson I get your point. are, like, in a, in a league of their own. Um, and there's a couple of little things on Rick and Morty that drive me crazy. Um, but that's yeah. just me being, like, a massive nitpicker. Um, but I, I can't help it. Um, what do you like about Rick and Morty? What are the good things? 
Um, it is hilarious. I have more things on this list. I've just wrote this little list here. I have more things on this list that I don't like. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> okay, let's go no, through doesn't mean it's a bad game. I, I'm, list. I'm having fun playing it. The upper, the upper flipper stuff, it's been talked about a million times for a year. Like, this is not a hot take because we're 11 months into the production of this machine. Um, you kind of look at, like, where, like, how steep that left ramp is, which is easily makeable mm-hmm. if you shoot it properly on the right, on the right yeah. flipper. Um, but then you look at the geometry of the inner loop and that loop that goes to the garage and you kind of think the best part of the flipper is taken by the noob noob target. Why is the noob noob target there? Because of the house. And like, if you kind of like trace it back, like why it's laid out, it seems that it's laid out that way because of the sculpt at the back. That's just a sculpt. It doesn't move. You don't interact with it. Like the reason why the ramp is so steep is because it has to get over the house. Mm Mm-hmm. And the reason why the shots are where they are is because of this, possibly. I'm sure maybe Scott Denisi um, has another reason. But it just, like every spooky game, it doesn't shoot like other games, which people, some people like, I don't like. Yeah. I like dialed in. Um, and and it, it, the shots are in different places. It just It just feels right. I like Demolition Man when I'm just, I can you just shoot combos all day long. It just feels right. Rick and Morty, yeah, I don't know. There's there's some shots. Here's one more thing that I don't like. <laughs> Maybe I'll just leave it at this. Um, <laughs> when Keith Elwin made Iron Maiden, he kind of like, not famously, but maybe he's the first person who's kind of said this that I remember. And he was like, every shot in the game counts. Like, even if something isn't lit, if you shoot a ramp, you're working towards like, a mode like you have to hit all you know a bunch of ramps a bunch of orbits a bunch of spinners and there's a mode just for that so if you hit a shot and it doesn't like it's not really you know like lit in a mode don't worry because you've made the shot congratulations it's still going to count towards something Mm -hmm. in rick and morty when shit isn't lit nothing happens you hear like a sound effect and that's it doesn't count i believe maybe i'm wrong and what happens when someone is new to pinball where do they shoot in the middle right in the middle in the middle in the middle so when you start Rick and Morty and you shoot the scoop or um, the two, the inner horseshoe, whatever it's called, there's three shots mm-hmm. there and they do absolutely nothing unless you hit other things on the play field. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know what kind of experience someone on location is going to have. Um, I was just about to ask that. What do you think it will be like on location? Because I think that the theme will draw a lot of people in, but maybe that's not going to be beginner-friendly enough for it to perform well. It's going to make a lot of money. Um, if you don't hit the start adventure... Like start adventure, maybe there's a there's, there might be a um a setting that I can I can look for, but it'd be nice if start adventure is just lit. Just give the person the first adventure, first for one. As yeah. in like you just shoot the scoop, because people shoot the mm-hmm. scoop and nothing happens. Um, people yep. in pinball don't really aim for ramps; they just aim for whatever's in the middle. Uh, when they anyway, this that's just it's just Rick and Morty. <laughs> I feel like you're talking yourself into a mood again. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I've got Avengers coming possibly this week. It, it's going to be great to compare it. Yes. But Scott Denisi and Keith Alwyn are two totally separate people. You know, Keith Keith yeah. Alwyn literally has been dreaming about pinball for 30 years and has like all these designs in his head. And a lot of stuff he does kind of just makes sense. Scott Denisi's like, I would like to have fun. He's made comments like, I, um, I drink the tears of pinball players <laughs> so he likes to make games hard um <laughs> i like it 
Anyway, enough about Rick and Morty. What do you think of Demolition Man? Because you walk past Demolition it Man. how many times at my place and I finally force you to play it. You didn't force me to play it. You just didn't have it set up the last few times. Yeah, and then I set it up for you while you were there and I said, and I explained the rules. Well, remember we were trying to work out what it is like what you like about pinball. What my favorite, what's my catnip in pinball? Um, <laughs> and you decided that Demolition Man would be something that I would love. And you were totally right. I freaking loved it. I mean, I'm just nuts for ramps, I think. I love ramps and I love combos. And I also really enjoyed the triggers. That was super fun. Yeah. Do people like the triggers? Because I was talking to Dave about it and he was saying he really hates them. So I'm curious, like, what are people, what's the general consensus on that? Because I guess it's non-traditional, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun playing with those. It's weird trying to, like, instinctively nudge a machine, though, when your hands are up there. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's super fun. Well, I feel like you almost have, like, not more control over the machine, but because you're holding something, like, gripping it, um, Mm. you can nudge the machine. Like, more leverage. Yeah, yeah, you kind of got, like, yeah, I don't know. The thing is... It's the only pinball machine that does have it. So it is an acquired mm. skill for sure. But if you can kind of start so playing. Fun though. Sometimes I play with triggers and then when I'm in multiple, mm. I go back because the okay. triggers don't mean like you don't get the double combos. But there's different ways to play the games. And, and a valid way to play the game, Jess, is just to hit combos. Like if you sit there and hit a, like a four-way combo and the four-way combo that I do is I shoot up the middle, the ball usually goes to the left, you hit the giant big fat scoop the ball goes, that's a three-way combo then. The ball ejects to the right in lane. You hit the left ramp and you got the middle. Mm-hmm. And you just hit those three shots over and over again. Every shot you get is like seven or so million. And nice. some people just don't miss. Yep. You can say that's boring, but like it's it's kind of like a risk-reward thing. Like go for the boring strategy, which is actually quite fun. Or go yep. for multi-ball in modes. So I don't know. Um, hmm. It's... Yeah, it's a well, cheap, it's a cheap it. game as well, man. Like, this is what I'm saying. Like, this like, it could be a valid <laughs> first machine for you. Yeah, I think I would have a lot of fun with it. And, you know, I think I just, I also really like unique features in games. Like, the diverters in Shadow, for example. Yes, diverters have been done since then, but there's not a lot like it with the ramps the way they are. The triggers on Demolition Man. Like, what are some other pins that have wacky, unique things like that that I might like? Oh, I mean, there's a period in time where, like, every new pinball machine had some some wacky thing. Um, Marty ha- Maddie had a spreadsheet and a list once of very weird things. There's, like, um, cool. the pinball machine called Krull, where there's, like, a play field under the play field. Um, which, I mean, like, that's having heaps, like, ACDC has that. But it's actually a full-size play field underneath. Pretty much full-size. Wow. But um, they use some weird glass and they make it look like a small play field, but it isn't. It's very weird. Um, okay. This is a story that maybe, maybe, I don't know, just do a podcast with Marty. Marty has like this stuff ready to go in a, in a spreadsheet. <laughs> okay, Marty, I will be hitting you up. <laughs> maybe I should suss out Marty for uh, the position as my new co-host, Ryan, because you got fired last episode, actually. I shouldn't be talking to you right now. What did I get fired for again? Was it? My... You made a really oh, bad joke. That was bad. I made like yep. a couple of bad jokes. <laughs> what would you do if I just like did an episode without you, like with Marty? That's fine. As long as, just don't <laughs> just don't give me the MP3 and say, "Here, can you please edit this, Ryan?" Like, do do whatever you want. You're allowed to. Okay, this well is... that makes that makes it really easy to fire you then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know how to upload. You know episodes. I love you. Yeah. Talking about. I've got um, the audio files, man. Talking about assholes, 
Have you? Mm-hmm. Did you listen to the Paper Flock interview? Wait, who's an asshole? <laughs> just someone. Just maybe, maybe that the guys. That was a smooth segue there. <laughs> did you listen to the? Speaking super... of Jess and Marty. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Marty's an asshole. Oh, just me? <laughs> that's why we broke up, right? Right. That's the reason. You're a total asshole. Yeah. Nice. Um, paper vlog. Yes. No, I didn't listen to that episode. Yeah. Is a super awesome pinball show. Yep. With uh, Dr. Pin and Christopher Franchi. So, I listened today. No, I have not. I listened today. Um, They have a lot of valid reasons why this thing was delayed. What they don't have is, I guess they lack empathy because their whole thing is like, well, pinball people, they just obviously haven't been involved in Kickstarter projects. Like, Kickstarter projects are either, like, majorly delayed or a little bit delayed. And this was a major delay one, like... They didn't say what? this, but it, it's. It, <laughs> uh, hey, I'm I'm, ch- I'm wait I'm cherry picking. Okay, as I said, there's a lot of shit they thought they were going to get from Stern. They didn't get it. Uh, I mean, if like, if you read between the lines, if I was to still be really harsh with these guys, it was it was just like, well, I, I guess the whole thing of the of this story is that not that they're charlatans or anything. They just like they had no. All they had was an idea, and they weren't qualified to really do it. But they they did it. And okay, we that all aside, gave them though, money. Isn't the problem for a lot of people, not even the fact that it was so delayed, like that's an issue, but the fact that the shipping costs are now extraordinarily high without any kind of basis? Like what's their rationale for that? They got really defensive about that. They're like, the company that we use is now, you know, during Corona times, like they have their different... Use a different one. I mean, they, they admitted themselves that they've, like, lost money on this. And I think their only chance to salvage this is if they make more of the books and sell the IP to something else, to someone else, which they which they want to do. But, I mean, they had this whole section where they're like, uh, I mean, like, we had to figure out how to photograph pinball machines. You know, there's, you can't just, like, Google, how, like, what's the best way to photograph a pinball machine? We had to, like, figure it out. And we had to, like, take the glass off and put the lockdown bar and then, like, go at these angles and tilt, like, tilt the thing forward so there wouldn't be glare. I'm like... Congratulations! You fucking you took fifty thousand dollars to photograph and talk about Stern's history, and you're talking about we had to figure out how to photograph a pinball machine. Like, congratulations! Like, no fucking shit. Streamers have been doing this for a long time now, right? Live streaming a game with lights and stuff. Can you imagine if I took money for something? I'm like, oh, I had to figure out how to do it. Like, feel sorry for me. I had to figure out how to do what I was fucking like took you money to do. No shit. Yeah, I know, but that's what I mean. Like, the, to find a solution to that would have been easy because streamers have been doing this for such long. Like, finding the kind of same kind of principles that go into that will also apply to photography in terms of light refraction and things like that. So, like, instead of feeling feeling sorry for yourself, you could just go and ask anyone in the industry. I'm sure there would yeah. have been people that backed that project that would have been happy to assist. You know, As like I just find it hard to have sympathy for that. They had, yeah. If you listen to the interview, they had they had some valid. Like they weren't meant to photograph everything. They thought they were going to get from Stern, like all the pictures, mm. and then they got it from Stern, okay. and they were these tiny ass like thumbnails from 1980. So like, well, Stern, <laughs> you just you just have the pinball machine. So let, let's just like into your factory. And like, no, we don't have one of every pinball machine. So they had to right. go traveling around America to take photos. So it's going to be quite interesting because some of these machines might be in really shit condition. <laughs> yeah, um, mm. we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. But you don't have a copy, do you? Oh, you're not getting a copy. No, no. But I did, I did no. back I did back something on Kickstarter recently, so I'm quite ashamed. <laughs> you should be, you hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. Uh, 
Okay, speaking of other pinball topics, did you get to watch any of the Raza stream today? I know you were having some tech difficulties. I had my kids today, and it was kind of like on in the background on the, on the TV, and I was trying to like uh-huh. do stuff, and I, I didn't really get what was going on. Like, I couldn't hear the people talking properly. Like, yeah. the person the person that was playing was talking at the kind of the same volume as the the um audio coming out of the machine the yeah. machine kept them being reset at no point did i really know what was going on because i wasn't paying enough attention but i thought this can't be good if i can't like watch for a minute and understand what's going on if i have to kind of like yeah you tuned in at a particularly bad time like immediately after we spoke that those issues were resolved a fair bit i mean there were definitely some tech issues with the stream but i guess the thing to keep in mind with it too is that it was organized within 24 hour turnaround. So it's not meant to be like a, you know, a proper reveal or whatever. Um, that said, the things that people were complaining about were, were valid in regards to the stream quality at points, but I think they did pretty well with what they had managed to put together in such a short time. Um, okay. So you didn't get to watch any of the gameplay then. I mean, I've seen some gameplay before a while ago. Oh, okay. Um, Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's, it's obviously a bit different with the pin bar and whatnot. How was the pin bar? Test? Have you seen the pin bar in action during the game, or like when he was like, <laughs> I saw at one point um, Steve Bowden like covering covering the secret code to get into the thing, but he didn't cover it for the stream, like he, <laughs> from like, the top camera. Yeah, every, every, <laughs> everyone saw. They didn't see his chin. They didn't see his chins, but they saw the code. <laughs> Oh, easy mistake to make, right? Um, yeah, that was funny. Uh, yeah, so the pin bar, I freaking like it. I think it looks oh, awesome. There goes our running joke. You can't just fucking like this thing now. <laughs> I know. I ruined everything. No, but the, the joke can continue now because I actually want to see the pin bar. Where's the pin bar? <laughs> like, I actually want it. When I walk up to Shadow now, I'm going to be like, man, where's the pin bar? Where's the pin bar? Um, for real though, it actually looks really cool. I think that it, it seemed like it was working really well. Like I would have liked to know from the streamers, and I don't think this was answered, how easy or difficult it is to look at that while you're playing. Because I like when I was playing Guns N' Roses, for example, I basically ignored the mini screen. Yeah, but the mini screen's at the back, and the pin bar's like right next to your flippers, so obviously it's a bit better. Oh uh, yeah, it's definitely positionally different, and that will make a difference but all i mean is that i'm used to looking up like where a dmd is or you know the normal lcd screen yeah so i'm interested to see how intuitive or not it is to look at that given where it is but yeah it looks fun i like the sound the play field looks cool yeah no 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 one knows the price i don't know if they've figured that out yet no i'm i'm still in the whole like i don't want to talk about deep root that much until <laughs> like you can buy one i don't know it's just a forever like cool i mean fair like people had some very valid <clears throat> excuse me complaints about this kind of stuff as i said but at the same time i think that it was actually a bit disappointing to me today to see a lot of um negativity towards a towards the streamers who were like totally doing the best with what they had on a last minute opportunity just to show people this game and give us more of an insight into what it's like. Um, But also just like, I don't know. I just feel like everyone's got something to complain about at the moment. Like we need to get a little bit more positivity happening in the hobby because it seems like a fucking cesspool of hatred. No. (laughs) Pinball people are like, I mean, 
like I said last week, you can extract a lot of money from them, but they're an angry mob. And it's. I mean, what are you saying no to then? I'm saying no because, like, um, Paper Flock, the guy was just like, would you do a Kickstarter again? And he's like, we would, just not for the pinball community. Like, fuck those guys. Like, you guys are dumb okay. as fuck. Fuck you. Um, they didn't say that, but that's what, like, if it, I'm reading between the lines here. That's what the guys are saying. Um, okay. <laughs> you guys don't know how Kickstarters work and you're whingy and you're complainy and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, how dare you be upset this took four years. Um, so, yeah, Deep Root, like, that's what's going to happen. Like, if I didn't care that the stream was, like, a bit shitty and that I didn't understand what was going on and the machine was breaking and, and whatever. I did see the chat just going absolutely nuts. Um, oh, it was going out of control. I know, and, and you said you said something to that effect of what you just said, like, oh, I'm a bit disappointed in the community. Like, uh, this is going to happen. Like, this is this is what happens. What, that people are shitty about it? Yeah, you can't... If, if that was Haggis Pimble um, showing the exact same machine it would be different yeah. people are like um harsh on stern would it though i don't know if you're right i don't think that's right i think people are just so ready to hate on shit at the moment and it's Not like everything though no one no one jumps into a spooky stream and shits on spooky and the the owners and whatever because they have created this pr kind of awe around them same with Haggis. No, but I'm not talking about the machine itself being shit on it, even Deep Root. I'm talking about people in the community making an effort to show something new and to do their best to reveal that. It wasn't an official reveal, but doing their best to show that and share that with other people out there and then getting shit on for that effort because no one their cares about that, Jess. No, one, no one cares about the streamers. I know that's like really harsh, but like. But they do, though. That's what happened today. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm saying like. That's the, what if, all the. Yeah. No, but the the reason why, if those streamers were streaming the Theory of Magic, no one would be watching. The reason why 300 plus people were watching was because it was something that people hadn't seen on a project that someone's been streaming along for seven years. So who are they going to take out all their anger on? John Papaduke wasn't yeah, there. Yeah, okay, fair point. It's the streamers that aren't like showing the machine in perfect light, which is nothing to do with them, but you know, yeah. it wasn't as it's perfect as... It's misdirected then. yeah. Yeah, well, I get what you're saying, but then I still, I think my point still stands, which is that people need to take a step back and just kind of go, hang on, like, what am I actually raging at here? These are just people that are trying to help the hobby out. Anyway, I don't want to get into, like, the negative shit myself. All I wanted to say is that, like, let's all just try and have a bit of fun and fucking relax. It's but a game. No. It's cool. I, I, okay, this is me being, like, an <laughs> asshole today. When people... On, when people <laughs> Today? On, just today? Yeah, when people in podcasts and, like, on on... Pinside or, or Facebook or whatever, but like, hey man, like pimples meant to be fun. Let's just get along. Your comments, I doubt your com like those comments ever make people like, ah oh, shit, fuck, I do like pimple and hanging out, and we should just have fun. Like, pi- <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make a difference. Like, if people are going to be shitty, they're going to be shitty. Do you think that voting makes a difference? Voting? Yeah. Voting what? Voting the election? Politically, yeah. <laughs> I'm just feeling like there's a lot of similarity in your argument right now to people that are like, you just like just don't even vote because there's no point, it doesn't change anything. Like, yes, if we call out people being jerks all the time, it can change things. Uh, I think. If you if you call spe- me naive, if, okay, no, but... if you specifically call someone out, if you're like, hey, it's this fucking you know Joe in chat, like the guy who owns Paper Flock, he was in chat and he's being an <laughs> asshole, and let's call him out. 
fair enough if you try and make an example of a company or or whatever but if you, you try and change the whole mood of pinball in general then like e- even if everyone like if we had some little podcast to chat and we're like hey let's let's change the fucking landscape man guys come on we can do it let's be positive do you think anyone like <laughs> is gonna fucking change I don't know. Yes. Yes. I do. All right. Like I, I actually do. I think that we can affect change in the community. I think that we can do better and we can be happier and we can be more positive <laughs> if right. we just stop fucking focusing on why we hate everything so much. Ah! Why we got a Rick and Morty and we spend 20 minutes talking about all the, <laughs> all the, all the issues instead of just being grateful that I can afford a fucking new pinball machine like that. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. If you're bored. All in enough to be able to buy a new pinball machine, then like it's probably okay. <laughs> anyway, look, a lot of people will probably think I'm naive for saying that, but I'm all right with that. I genuinely do believe that we can always do better and be better to each other. Editor's note since recording, some information may have come to light regarding Deep Root and their plans. And instead of waiting another two weeks to talk about it with Jess, I thought I would get someone on the show to talk about it sooner. Please keep in mind, disclaimer, this information hasn't been confirmed or released by Deeproot. This is off a staging website, so it could all be false. Please don't treat it as gospel, but I believe it was planned to be released by Deeproot recently. Please also note that Ranger Ruins is quoted in this interview to be $250. That is an absolute noob mistake is actually $150. So everybody, while I was editing the show, some information came out on Pinside about Deeproot. It's not official yet, but uh, Jesse was unable to record with me with this little update. So I decided to get the TPN expert, Dennis Kreisel, to join me. How are you going, Dennis? Hey, Ryan. I'm doing great. This is the first time on Jesse J's Pinball Adventure, but, I, but she's not here. So I guess it's just Pinball Adventure. Just Ryan's Ryan's adventures with Ryan C. Overexposed Ryan in the temple of pins. Overexposed Dennis Creasel, who uh, recently said he needs a bit of a break from TPN. And then the next day jumps on Jesse J's pinball podcast. What's going on, Dennis? <laughs> a break from TPS. So I'm more than willing to, um, you know, sell myself out to other shows as needed. It's, it's a break from Zach, really. This is hot off the press. And you're not going to get to talk about this for another two weeks or so. So I thought it would be fun to get your initial impression of this information that um, a Pinside user by the username of Blueberry Johnson has, I guess, found Deep Roots staging website. So a staging website in development is usually where you uh, have everything kind of live but not made public. And someone has found it. And just a note, this isn't official. This uh, information seems to be a little bit old because there's some estimated dates of November, October, November 2020, which we have almost passed. So all this information might be a little bit off, but it is off a, a website that has all the Deep Root logos. So let's let's chat about it, Dennis. What's the what's the first thing you want to talk about? Root access? Well, I think that would make sense since Blueberry Johnson led with that. Uh, and I think that's probably going to be what drives a lot of discussion, has been driving a lot of discussion in the Deep Root pinball thread on Pinside because DLC, if this is true, if this indeed is accurate and this idea is still moving towards fruition, downloadable content. Content, commonly known as DLC, will finally be introduced into pinball in a paid model. Is it? Is this? What's the been the most similar thing to this that's happened in in pinball? Is it the Jurassic Park topper 
DLC situation or has has there ever been something Yeah no I think I think you're right I'd say the Jurassic Park topper because you had to pay extra money which gave you access to a new software mode it's the closest thing I know of to DLC setting aside maybe third party uh sales of things well now there's an interesting thing uh it was just recently announced that uh that uh Surin Soren who does the ROMs yes that He's now partnered with, uh, what is it, uh, Pan- Planetary Pinball, and they're going to be selling updates to WMS games. And he used to distribute his ROMs freely, and I, I believe they someone took issue with that. So now he's officially licensed and partnered to do official updates. So that would be kind of like a DLC model, where you're paying extra money to get your creature from the Black Lagoon actually have code that doesn't suck. Um, DLCs is quite interesting because it's used in different forms across different industries uh you know there's a term in the computing world now uh sas software as a service um and you'll notice now that when you go to download microsoft office it isn't a one-time fee it's a subscription fee and people are kind of getting used to this model um i think someone posted a a picture on pinside about how microsoft office tried to do it 20 years ago and people weren't weren't ready for it so different industries have been moving towards it accounting software i think it it, it makes it easier because uh when you in software when you have multiple versions of of the software then support is is harder whereas if you have one common code base you can just kind of have everyone on a on a rolling subscription these issues don't really exist for pinball unless someone just doesn't update update their their pinball machine but it's an interesting road that pinball as an industry might be heading down what are your what are your thoughts? I know you've talked about it before on EGP and uh, and TPS, but what are your thoughts in general of the possible landscape of pinball changing towards this model? Well, I think the idea of paid DLC has been for a while a, a, a fear slash conceivable option. Uh, the SaaS approach is not something I had anticipated. And as you noted, that is much more common nowadays, but that's mostly known on the business side. So for example, the nonprofit that I operate, I probably have a half dozen software subscriptions that are cloud-based SaaS services, including Office 365. You know, things like Adobe Creative Cloud have really pushed that model forward, and it makes sense in some ways. We're like, I love Office 365. I, but the thing I've noticed is I pay a lot more than I used to pay. It would back in my old position uh, with my prior employer, I would go and I would buy Office 2010 for the entire, uh, you know, every staff employee. I wouldn't upgrade that thing for six years. Why yeah. bother? Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't have to. And I'd pay about the same as I do a year for 365. So it's sort of like, or maybe I pay 50% more, but after two years you've saved. So I think the thought was that this would be more like gaming DLC. And in gaming DLC, it's not usually a subscription. There are like that's known in the massive multiplayer online realm, the world of Warcrafts, but those have fallen out of favor. DLC usually is a, here's a new thing. Would you like to pay extra for the new thing? And games as a service normally has been fueled by, hey, look, we're releasing new stuff. Do you want to go into our shop and buy it? You want to buy a new pretty outfit for your uh, Street Fighter character? And that's how they get you to come back and spend more and more money or the ever popular loot crate where you pay money and you're gambling to open up and get some sort of item that you wanted for your your character in the game that you play. So I had assumed that's what we would see from pinball would be along the lines of, hey, look, here's an expansion pack. You want to pay money for an expansion pack. It wouldn't really be uh, the SaaS model. But here with this 
this root access uh, item that was found on the staging website. I mean, $50 a month that, I mean, that's some serious money. I pay, what is an office 365 professional uh, license? It's like, it's under 200 us a year per license. So this is more than that. It's really high. It's, um, it's a bit, it's a bit weird because I guess they're, they're the first ones to potentially propose this. So um, it, it's, I think it's going it, to, we're seeing it now receive some sort of backlash, but it's an interesting model because you would p- potentially get a base deep root game with, I, I don't know, a, a semi-complete game, the shell of a game. We don't, we don't really know yet. And we, I don't think we can really tell from that stream that happened the other day, but then you're paying this subscription fee to unlock exclusive content and more content and more modes. But then if you stop paying the way they've worded it, is that you no longer have that you're not really purchasing you know expansion packs as you just mentioned dennis you're right you're 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 paying for you have a license you have access to a license yeah so if if you if you kind of like unlocked everything with the subscription fee and then sold your pinball machine the person who bought it would then have to subscribe you haven't unlocked anything it's not like i've bought the you know the alley and the topper and you've not you've now got this complete package um it's back to to kind of how it was out of the factory, my understanding is. Yeah, a true SAS model. I can see why uh, Deep Root would like it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's just weird though, I guess, because they haven't they haven't launched yet, so. Um... Think, all right, we're talking 50 US a month or what as a, it states as a, if you pay uh, annually, I guess all up front, because it, it notes that a one-year minimum subscription is required anyway, uh, is $550. So what, how much output do they have to have that a, a pinhead's going to feel like they got $550 worth of stuff? Like if the game is like you're describing launched as a shell and incomplete, then, okay, I, I can see where they would be like, okay, we got to buy it because otherwise we can't even, there's no wizard mode in Raza. We, we need this. But if it's stuff like here's barnyard for the Raza play field, <laughs> I don't know if that's really going to, I mean, not to, not to be dismissive of a, of a mini game, but I mean, just think about the volume of that where you have to, Again, I'm, I'm coming at it sort of from the video game angle where a lot of video games, retail video games are in that 50 to $60 range and independent stuff is more like 30 or less. So you're talking like top tier programming. Normally a gamer would th- expect that at $50 a month. I mean, it's just, it's a lot, it's high. And I get it. The logic there is probably that, but this is pinball. Everything's more than it was in video games. So, you know, I'm thinking like, what Ranger in the Ruins for uh, P3 is, I think, a $250 license for, and it's you know that's not counting the playfield and the machine that you need. That's just the license for the software. So things do run more, but are they going to give us a Ranger in the Ruins every single month at $50? I, I'm so skeptical about it. But yeah, we 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 kind of um, not jumping the gun. There's stuff to discuss, but uh, until we see the value of what they um, have to offer, it's hard to to dismiss this entire model. I, I know Raw Thrills has done something similar in their Big Buck Hunter, um, which is a very well established brand, but they would kind of like keep on bringing out um, slightly enhanced, you know, Big Buck Hunters because they, they were so popular in in pubs and clubs around Australia and, and worldwide. And then they changed the model around so that, but I believe they they kind of subsidized the the game cost, the initial hardware, and then kind of got everyone on a subscription subscription model. So in that. In that sense, for operators, it makes a bit more sense. For the home user, it's potentially uncharted territory. Um, but maybe we should read a little bit more about what we're talking about. And as I said, this this might change. So um, their subscription model is called Root Access. 
Uh, as you said, Dennis, $50 if paid monthly, but you still need to sign up for a year. <laughs> I don't know what happens if you go broke within that year, if um, if you sign away, uh, sign your life away. But um, I think you get a month off if you pay it up front. Um, what, what you get with an active membership is free enhanced support, $100 flat fee US shipping. Um, if you buy five games, you get $2,500 store credit, exclusive Deep Root swag annually, Advance ordering on new game titles, skip the line priority shipments, DLC and updates released during active membership. Dennis, do you think this is a one-off fee for as many machines as you have, or do you think you have to potentially sign up multiple times if you have three or four machines? Oh no, I, th- I think it's a it's a sole subscription by the by the consumer. So no, I don't I don't contemplate that. Like you need a subscription for Raza and a subscription for Yukon um, uh, Yeti. I don't think that. No. Well, then, do, no, do and, you think and some of the? Do you think then this is um, a push by them? I mean, it's a push for a, a lot of things, but do you think the main driver is that people will see value if they own a, a suite of deep root machines? Like from the get go, this is why they've announced all of these games. You can say, "Hey, I want to buy three deep root machines." Sign up to a subscription plan, and you've got this online ecosystem with updates and and weekly challenges. Whatever they're planning to do, uh, yeah, I I think that this is there in a way. It's a blending of kind of like uh, spooky pinball and their and their uh, what is it, Fang Club, mm-hmm. and but with a DLC incorporated twist into it. So where I look at it and I see the DLC aspects, and I am one concerned, and two, I think it's overpriced. When you start factoring in this other stuff that comes as being a member, especially if you are invested in to deep root and you want to get more invested and by invested, I actually mean acquiring and not actual investor, but acquiring games, this becomes more and more attractive. The, the, like for the U S buyers, a hundred dollar flat fee shipping on pinball purchases, you could pay for your subscription on, on just savings on the shipping alone. And this would be a great deal for you. If you knew they were going to put out three games a year and you're buying all three of them. For, for someone that's all the way in Australia, how much does shipping usually cost from your favorite distributor, which I believe is Flippin' Out Pinball? <laughs> yes, which I have bought a whole I have bought a whole zero games on. I think the cheapest I ever got uh, shipped was when I bought Total Nuclear Annihilation from Spooky, and that was uh, maybe 250 Okay. And uh, you know, palleted and all that. Unpalleted shipping in the U.S., I've ended up paying like you know 400 before. So just depends where it's coming from and what what arrangements they have in place. So yeah, I think for a lot of people, shipping's probably somewhere in the order of two fifty to five hundred, depending where they live in the continental. And so do you, do you think they do you think they're subsidizing that, or do you, do you think that because um, I, I have no idea about the shipping system? I was shocked at how low Spooky's price was when I, it was actually itemized on my invoice, and I was shocked at how low it was. Hmm. Uh, so I don't I don't imagine most are like that. I'm sure someone who's bought a, a JJP or an American pinball where they have to pay for the shipping separate can tell you exactly how much they paid. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at my old invoice. But um, and like when I bought my Star Trek, you know, my peasant pro. <laughs> he's, he's, this, yeah. Oh, no, I the other day I heard I you would, talk about I let that go. Wait, no, it's like the hey, Dennis, you're the one who called me salty. I'm still salty, am I? Um, that that's your version of it. That's your version where I I, I called you. Uh, yeah, I had the that's my that's my salty moment. Just and, just let it go, dude. But I am in, I'm in no way I'm in no way salty about it. What was the what was the what was the title of that head to head episode? Dennis Creasel is a cheap bastard. I think that's what it was. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so back to your question. Like with Stern, though, uh, they don't because it's rolled in through the distributor. I never saw 
how much I paid when I bought my Star Trek from Cointaker for the shipping. Um, well, moving on to some of the, the other information that they this Pinside user was able to, to find, um, the arcade edition apparently will cost $5,000 or four. 999 for those people that need to be psychologically tricked into thinking that they're spending less than five grand so that's quite interesting because the distributor model for this i believe and as i said we don't know if this is the uh the final plan from them or if this is going to be changed the distributor model seems to be in the order of they're going to be doing everything direct initially but if you want to order through a distributor your distributor will give you some kind of one-time code to use on their website and the distributor will will make some kind of referral fee is that how you understood it dennis from what i read yeah something akin to that but again because this hasn't been discussed with any distributors i have no idea how feasible that is uh, if it's worth it to them because you know the assumption will be going through a distributor means your complaints will go through a distributor so i Unless it's significant, I don't know how many will take them up on that, if that's really going to be the approach. But. I guess the, the only thing they can deal with is is they can complain to the distributor about their code not working or something. <laughs> like, hey, that referral code didn't work. Um, well, but- I, I think it raises questions about like show specials and stuff. You know, a lot of distributors like to have some stock on hand so that they can they have something that someone who needs that impulse immediate purchase. Mm. You know, that's why like at the end of the pinball show, you'll hear Zach say, here's what I've got in stock. So because some people don't want to sit around waiting for five months to get Elvira. They might go, oh, okay, well, he's got Guardians Pro. That's fun. I'll buy it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's nothing. I don't I don't innately think there's anything wrong with that concept. It's different. Uh, we'll see if they move forward with that, if that's interesting. I'm more interested in the $5,000 price point because that is obviously designed to be competitive with Stern Pro, which is something initially I thought Deep Root was going to do. And then as subsequent statements came out, I started to think, no, they're going to be yet another company that's pricing around that premium price point for their lowest model. Yeah, so your um, street price for a Stern Pro is what around five five four five five hundred. Yeah, 500? I'd say about five four five five right now. And, and, and you would think that a distributor would would pretty much make more than four hundred dollars. So they're they're cutting the distributor out. Um, they're probably making more money than Stern um, there. I mean, we don't know their their, their building materials or anything like that, but. I guess that's where the saving is, but the the arcade edition, their base edition comes with, I'm not going to sit there and and read everything um, that was listed, but um, did you want to go through the customizations in front of you of of what people will have available to them? So you get, it's sort of a la carte. This kind of reminds me again of Spooky, where they do the a la carte thing to decide what you want to add. So things like, apparently you can add neon rings for 125 US. You could add the uh, the XE toy package for 150. GI lighting's 150. So that would that would probably be the- Couldn't see Raza during the stream. <laughs> their version of pin stadiums, right? Like it does not come with GI at all. They're, they're, they're... Oh, I hope I hope you're right. Okay. I hope so. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the count is. If the pin state their pin stadiums are what they consider the general illumination. I guess so. I guess that would make sense. Yeah. Any reflective glass. So Invisiglass uh, two twenty five. Uh, topper two hundred. Now that's a deal. Uh, support package. So I guess warranty support uh, five hundred dollars. Now that's free for people that are doing that deep access, the root access though. They get that enhanced support, so they wouldn't need to buy that extra. Warranty package, enhanced warranty itself is a thousand dollars. I don't know how enhanced it would be. Mm. And then Pimpod, my favorite, Pimpod, 900 I thought Pimpod was going to be for free. Damn. That wood thing? No, it's wood. It's made out of genuine wood. That's expensive. 
but um it's got yeah. hinges <laughs> i looked at that and i was like that's expensive that's why i couldn't imagine anyone would buy it it's so it's like it's going to add weight so your shipping cost is going to be more and it looks high quality it's going to be expensive yeah they so, know balsa wood it's it's this is so interesting to me because it is almost the for me, when I was thinking last night, I read it before bed and then I was brushing my teeth and I just, I totally zoned out. And I'm like, this, this really is the pivoting point for Pimble um, because Stern will do something like this. Um, maybe not to, to this effect. Maybe they will slowly, gradually bring it in. But Stern has been planning something like this for years. Um, but you can't just you can't just do this overnight. You can't just flick a switch and say, ah, now machines are now online and DLC and, and whatnot. But it's up to companies yeah, but- to, to, to pitch value. And we don't know what that is yet with Raza. You can't, I don't think you can sell shells of games. You know, I think this only works if the game is complete, like a, a Jurassic Park, and then, hey, you want the Escape Nubla, Nubla Challenge to be available kind of for, for people. Here's this software as a service fee for $20 a month per game, whatever it is. Yeah. What do you think? What, what I think is interesting is you, if you were to do the full customization for, I don't know if you if you ran the numbers, but that's 3,250 US to buy all of that add-on, which would take your $5,000 game to 8,250. Well, I mean, like, I think there was, it, there's a lot of information dumped. There, there was the other versions. Were, did, did we get the prices for the other versions somewhere in this? I I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm now scrolling because... Uh, uh, the posts that uh, Blueberry Johnson made are, are, they're not all in one post. It's multiple posts. So uh, I don't remember seeing the other pricing, but it's been a long day. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Do you think that there's a common thing that people always say? And it's like, well, if Pimble is heading down this route, you know, um, whether it be like the expensive toppers or, you know, the, the piece of couch, you know, that Alvaro sat on, um, whatever it is that we kind of might sit there and laugh at, but then it sells out. Stern, like you said, are always testing the waters with with type of prices, with what the appetite for, um, you know, the, the, the pin version of their pinball machine is. And when they when they test this out, I, I don't feel like people are going to reject it. I think Stern will be probably smart enough to pitch it in a way that, you know, they'll go an inch first and then they'll go another inch and they'll go another inch and they'll just kind of keep on adding to it. Do you... Do you think the community will eventually accept this model, whether it be from Stern or from Deeproot? I, uh, I mean, obviously the initial reaction will be highly negative. I, I do think there is a place where people could get where that you'll start to be able to divide people. They'll rationalize and say, well, if doing all of this means that the base game, if you still, I don't think, I don't think you see a point where they can sell a game and it's not quote unquote code complete with the base price. I just don't, I just don't see it. Like we are not giving you a wizard mode unless you subscribe. I just don't see that. But added features, things like escape from Nublar being DLC, I could see that. And so I think that's the point that we might get to is where added modes, added uh, functionality will be DLC available. And then, but if you just want the regular game where any operator is like, yeah, you go and you drop your coins in, you'll earn replays and you can go and you can win the game. Uh, I think that will still be a part of the base package for people. I don't think software as a service, as a subscription for the DLCs is going to take hold. I think it will be individually sold ideas. Uh, and that way people can do kind of like what DeepRoot has proposed in this, in this uh, supposedly in this website dump of, of things like buying rings 
buying Invisiglass. I could see it be like buy Escape from Nublar, buy the new challenge mode in Ghostbusters, that those are like, here are three different things, mini modes that you can do on your new Stern. Which ones do you want? We'll give you a discount if you buy all three. You bought the season pass. You know, mm. I see season passes in our future. Not, not every year you're dropping five because they're not, their programmers are not set up to be able to keep outputting that level of code annually for like the walking dead. They're done with it. Yeah. The, the thing is, Dennis, like that system works with video games. Like I'm playing Far, Far Cry. I want the expansion pack. I want the season pass, the, you know, the game of the year edition because no one is really reselling their games. You buy it, you play it. That's it. You bought the digital version. You can't really pass it on. But with a pinball machine, I think the software of the service, like I think they will try and heavily push that even if it's stern because you know the secondhand market is something that stern doesn't really make any money off but if they can make money off someone buying a, a used deadpool and then all of a sudden they're now subscribed to x amount of dollars per year then they are now capitalizing on, on every person that's actively playing pinball that's subscribed to the service so it's a good point ryan but they, but they can, they can do that. I mean, that with like the DLC stuff, that's already true on the video game side. They can do that in pinball. All they need is to finally get their Wi-Fi capabilities enabled, and the DLC will be tied to your Stern profile, not you buying something, not you buying a physical disc and you getting to sell Deadpool and your DLC goes with it. It's going to be like Steam. You own the games you own, and there's no way to get rid of them unless you were to give up your entire account. So, I wonder if they'll have protection against uh, game sharing, where um, yes, we have little little private groups and be like, hey. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn uh, Deadpool on now. Can everyone just like log off so we don't uh, we don't get IP bans? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but no, that's actually that's how I see. I agree with you. They they recognize that they don't make money any money on the used market. They don't need to go to an annualized subscription thing like Deep Roots proposing with software as a service sort of cloud. Ba- I mean, they can just tie it all to your account in the cloud, and that's it. Every time the game is sold, and it works so much better because. A subscription thing like Deep Roots proposing, that's only as good as long as you own games that they're still putting out code for. The moment those things fall into the archive, if I only own Raza in three years, what do I care about being a part of Root Access if they're not actually putting out anything new to it? So you might as well just get the money while you can, have them buy it a la carte. That's my judgment. Yeah. Buy it a la carte, but tie it to the profile. And then it's a uh, it's how uh, Multimorphic works. If you were to... You get whatever base game the the uh, the playfield modules are. So if you buy Cosmic Kart Racing and you sell the Cosmic Kart Racing module, the new owner has access to play Cosmic Kart Racing. But if you bought Ranger in the Ruins, which only works on the Cosmic Kart Racing module, if you sell your P3 and your Cosmic Kart module to me, I cannot play Ranger in the Ruins without rebuying it. This is quite funny because most people that are into pinball that I know are a little bit older and they hate complex things the same reason why they hate star wars when they walk up to it and they're like ah oh, that's star wars so many so many choices like it's I, got a button. I, I just want to play pinball yeah like a, a button scares them and now we're talking about Tie fighters are scary ryan hold me i know and now we're talking about software as a service in pinball it's oh no they'll, they'll hate it the community at writ large initially at least will despise this despise it but maybe maybe this is the way where you know, you've got, if they can show value on location, like, I mean, I've got pinball machines on location. I would love for there to be some kind of, you know, big buck hunter style system where people become, you know, addicted to playing and there's a community behind it and there's online leaderboards. 
um, you know, versus just like one guy who just sits there and, and puts a GC up on a machine and then he walks away and he's like, well, no one's ever going to beat that versus, hey, you are now ranked fifth in the world at this machine and they and they sit there and they try and beat it. I don't know. Um, I, I know there's definitely some amazing things that are going to come from this down the line. I am just extremely scared about the execution, whether it be Deep Root or Stern. Um, I'm not sure, you know, American Pinball, they don't have enough machines for this, I don't think. Um, Jersey Jack, uh, we'll see what they what they do. I, I, I don't think they would be as interested in this as Stern because they have um, kind of slightly more premium machines. But yeah, I think Stern and Deep Root are the ones that are going to pave the way for this software as a service pinball future that we are walking into but like you said dennis there are plenty of pinball machines that don't have this and you no one is going to force people to to buy these things um there are 300 plus pinball machines that you can just you know from 1980 onwards that you can just walk up to and play and they're complete they can all just settle just settle for non-new in box you're breaking their heart ryan you're breaking their heart (laughs) all right we said this is going to be a five minute chat it's probably gone for about 30 minutes so i'm sorry for taking up um your precious time dennis but i appreciate your opinions and um interested to see if in two weeks time when you when you talk on your next podcast if this information has been made official and uh what you think about them yeah we will have to wait and see i'm gonna just cut you off now instead of uh saying where can we find you dennis because everyone knows where to find you dennis <laughs> yeah no don't don't promote me no one fucking cares <laughs> all right dennis catch you later yep take care do you know why people are angry this week jess it's not the fucking crazy coronavirus case numbers in the u.s it's the fact that that replay is closing yeah like that segue i mean <laughs> I liked it before you acknowledged it. It was a lot smoother when you before you said that. It's like when you explain a joke and it ceases to be funny. Your segue is not as smooth when you actually I'll, have to I'm point just editing it out. this entire bit out. Go. <laughs> oh, I love how you edit out your own parts to make it sound better. But when I'm like, can you please cut out that six minute tangent about why I love Tim Rogers for Fitaku? You're like, no, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> because you reference back to it. If you want me to cut something, don't reference it again. Anyway. But then you won't know to cut it and you'll just leave it in. So either way, I lose out. I've got three show notes here to You're talk a- about. Either Dennis Lilly, stop talking about feet or replay closing. Which one? Choose A, B or C. <laughs> All of them, but we'll talk about replay first since you mentioned that with your very smooth segue. Um, look, all I wanted to say about that is that yes, it sucks and it's sad, and I've seen like this huge outpouring of like almost grief from the community. And I can't comment on why people feel so strongly about that because I've never been to Pinburg and I've never experienced anything that replay do, so it doesn't, it can't mean anything personally to me. Um, But I am surprised that it seems like this has happened due to some debt issues. Given that we, our community is based on people who will spend, you know, $10,000 at a time on a pinball machine and that Replay's debt was apparently somewhere around $100,000. I don't know if that's true or false. It's just something I've seen floating around. But if that is the case, why couldn't we just raise the money to bail them out? Like, there's a lot of money in this hobby. Yeah. Um, I think it might have been... Why does it have to be over? I think it might have been more than that. Um, I can't comment on how easy or hard it is. Um, I don't want to seem like an idiot because um, I haven't done enough research. Um, all I can comment comment on is I haven't been to replay either, so it was absolutely horrible to hear what's happening. Um, and and similar to what I was saying before, because I I like people and those people were affected. 
Um, yes. I was never planning on, on going to Pimburg, but Pimburg is more than a competition. It's a, it's a once a year meetup for the entire US. And obviously people come from um, internationally as well, but it, yeah. would, it would be the one thing that like, well, I will, it's like, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving, you know, it, people travel all around um, their country to meet up with their family, which they might not kind of enjoy doing because they were, they were born with that family. Um, but they choose <laughs> to like pinball and that was their once a year meetup where yeah. they were like, these are all my friends. These are my people. For sure. Let's catch up and, and hang out. And I remember from you from last year and, and whatnot. And, and now that's gone. The thing is something, something will replace it. Um, eventually there's, there's a very big tournament in Indus in California. Someone might say, well, it's not the same because it wasn't run that way and it's different machines. And these are Papa machines that have been around and it's a whole thing so yeah something has yeah. has been lost and it's kind of like lost forever because I, I believe they're selling and going to mm. liquidate all these machines and these machines have been around for forever you know for the last yeah. decade or so yeah and that is sad for sure i mean it it would be hard to lose any kind of opportunity to be in a place where you know your people are um but that's what i mean i'm just surprised that and like you said, I can't really comment on the situation, not knowing the facts either, but I am surprised that there wasn't, it doesn't seem like there was an attempt made to kind of save things. Like, I feel like, you know, lots of people are writing on social media or whatever. Oh, I would love to give money to this or try and do something to save it. So I don't know, maybe yeah. something can be done, but. I don't know. As I said, I, I haven't done enough research, so I don't want to yeah. say yay or nay. <laughs> Welcome on... to Jesse J's Pinball Adventures, where we have entirely unqualified. Yeah, I did like more research on, on paper fog. Like, uh, why would I want to? <laughs> Yeah. You put that guy's phone number on our podcast. <laughs> I wonder if I called him. I wonder if he listens to the. No, he wouldn't have before he went on the Super Awesome Pimple podcast. Hey, okay, Dennis yeah. Lilly. That's the that's that's the other one we want to talk about. Dennis. Yeah. Okay. Dennis Lilly's how's that? So I continue. One thing that continues to absolutely delight me about pinball is that there are so many completely bizarre themes. There's like uh, what's the um like F J Holden? Yeah. I think. Yeah. So that's, you know, a machine about a specific model of car, which is popular in Australia. And then Dennis Lilly's How's That, which is about a very specific cricketer that was popular in, like, what, the 80s? Who thinks of these who things? Who thinks of that? Like, obviously, that was when the pinball machine was made. And it's like, who is the number one cricket but player? a cricketer? Yeah. I just find that totally bizarre. Like It's, it's not very bizarre. Australian. The, pin- the pinball machines are in pubs. I'm pretty sure he was only selling these machines to Aussies. It's like, hey, well, you can yeah. buy you can buy Stern Electronic Games, which had like pretty much no theme, <laughs> um, or you can buy a belly machine, which just has a girl with a massive set of tits on the back glass, or... You know, wouldn't pubs want like a cricket machine? Like, a, like where do people? Dennis Lilly's how's that? Yeah, exactly. I it mean, yeah, the logic checks out. But would you buy a Dennis Lilly's how's that if you owned a pub in the eighties? Um, <laughs> would you be like, fuck yeah, cricket, hit that for six, baby? Yeah, I was, I was still trying to figure it out. Like, I mean, people used to what? look. People used to look at the back glass and like the guys that were playing pinball like we're usually young male teenagers um yeah yeah cricket's, we love cricket cricket's pretty big so why wouldn't they okay. do it but we don't have like an afl machine that would make more sense to me no. than a cricket machine no cricket is bigger no. than afl afl is bigger in real? melbourne only but yeah. cricket is australia-wide nationally okay what about rugby then sure <laughs> sure 
Okay. Cool. Who who was the biggest um, rugby star in the eighties though? Did they have a guy with a porno mustache like Dennis Lilly? I hope so. Dennis Lilly is a pretty cool looking dude. Like it, in terms of guys that I would homo stare at on the back of a back glass, it's number one Alec Baldwin, number two Dennis Lilly for sure. Not a very not a very um, manly name name though, right? For like a cricketer that there was just like this huge in imposing figure, Dennis Lilly. Like <laughs> Dennis. What would be a manly name? All I can think of is like, what's that rugby Roger player name? Sharp. It sounds <laughs> <laughs> Cooper Cronk. <laughs> Cooper Cronk. I was talking about this the other day. Um, there was someone called, uh, and their last name was Savage. And like, that is the that is, and they just got divorced. And I was like, you just keep that that last name. Like, if you married a Savage, you just keep that name because that's a sick. That's a great surname. Yeah. Like, how can you mess with someone whose last name is Savage? Definitely. But if you mess with someone whose last name is. Lily, you'd be like, ah, he's fine. He's a flower. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> this leads me to the <laughs> smooth segue alert. This leads me to the next segment being the shit theme of the week. So what have you got for us, Ryan? Because you have lost the last few. You need to come back strong. I haven't put too much effort into this. I know you were pretty excited. Wow, to... that really shocks me. <laughs> um, well, there's already there's already a Godzilla machine chess mm-hmm. that's, that's a pretty good theme but how about like yeah that's a sick theme yeah but how about like normal godzilla how about like toho godzilla like japanese godzilla with with like you know that's like the really obscure one isn't that a shit theme what i'm speechless at how shit this is because you've clearly put no thought into it whatsoever godzilla is what do you mean the japanese godzilla godzilla is always japanese i'm so confused by this yeah but like go to google and type in toho godzilla okay isn't this something that Spooky are doing already? Ah, oh, fuck. You ruined the joke. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's the joke? No. You were trying to get me to Google the machine? I don't know how you're going to do this segment now that um, you knew what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I've just completely ruined it. Um, okay, well, that's a really... You can't you can't steal someone else's theme for the shit theme. Well, I wanted, I wanted you to say, yeah, that's a really shit theme. I'm like, well, it... Obviously, isn't a shit theme because Spooky wanted it and Stern <laughs> stole it off them. It isn't. It isn't actually like a thing. What? This whole. This is like this big pinball drama from like two years ago. But apparently, it's like um, Spooky's dream theme. Like the the owners, they're like, ah, oh, can't to get okay. into pinball so we can make this Godzilla Toho Godzilla pinball machine, and they kept on mentioning it. Apparently, I'm probably like butchering this story, and they were in a licensing meeting with the owners of the property the ip and then like the yeah. head of licensing at stern just kind of like opened the door apparently and stuck his head in and he'd be like hey we'll call you guys on monday and they what? and they obviously have like more money than them and they're <laughs> i don't know i guess they're more impressive and like hey we sell like twenty thousand people machines a year spooky sell like 300 so you should go with us okay but every, there was this whole big thing where everyone's like just like you don't really want to make this people machine you just didn't want spooky to make it um, to make it. Yeah, and it was, a, it was a whole back and forth. It was very weird to, like, the community to get access to that type of information. Yeah. But it still hasn't come out from from Stern. It will eventually. Yeah, now they have to make it. But didn't Spooky make a product? Like, they made a one-off? A one-off. Uh, yeah, maybe as, like, a... A one-off Godzilla machine? I'm pretty sure I saw pictures of that. Yeah, possibly as just, like, something they wanted to do. Father and son kind of, like, home project. So okay. the the whole thing is that everyone was just like, that is kind of a shit theme. Like maybe like modern Godzilla, but Godzilla from like the Japanese Godzilla back in the day, 
Like, what do you? How do you make that into a modern pinball machine? I want that as my shit yeah. theme because I actually think it's it's. They'll probably make it into a really good game. It'll probably be like their best. It's designer. not even a shit theme because it would actually be good. <laughs> I, I choose that. All right, well, I choose that. <laughs> that was it's it's too good to be a shit theme, but I'll allow it because of my cheating when it came to Scrubs and Operation the other week. I'll give you a pass. <laughs> so you admit um, it. You, you admit it. Yeah, I admit it. <laughs> Got to play dirty sometimes. All right. My shit theme is... I've got two options here, and I'd like you to weigh on which one you prefer. So, <laughs> keeping with the creature themes, we could either have snakes on a plane slash snakes on a train, the Samuel L. Jackson experience. Wait, what's snakes on a train? Was there, was there a sequel? Yeah. Huh. But not with Samuel L. Jackson? Or with Samuel L. Jackson? No, I'm pretty sure he was in both. Huh. I mean, I, I could be totally wrong. But even if he wasn't, we will get him to do both of them for this the purposes of this machine so snakes on various forms of transportation with samuel l jackson or the other option is very meta pinball about pinball it'll be the circle jerk theme so you know in light of what's happened this week we could have a machine which immortalizes the pinberg experience so there's going to be a mode where you have to like battle Keith Elwin. There'll be <laughs> a pinovation mode where you have to like come up with cool new ideas. Um, there'll be a podcast mode like Farley in Shadow, but it'll be even more annoying because you have to listen to the voices of podcasters who like think they know cool stuff about pinball. What do you reckon? Do you think it would get some traction? That second one is just horrible. If I want to win, I would just go up against <laughs> that. That was rubbish. <laughs> Um, See, this is like there's a twofold approach that I take to this segment, right? Like sometimes I put up a theme that could actually be good, and sometimes I like to just think of a really, really shit one, and that one would definitely be super shit. Maybe like the first one, I think people will get around just as Samuel L. Jackson. Samuel L. Jackson, just in general, because he's 100%. been in like a hundred movies. He's likable in all of them. No one's ever like, ah, why do they put Samuel L. Jackson in this movie? This sucks. He's... Totally. Yeah. So maybe we could just have a Samuel L. Jackson anthology machine where it's like all of his movies in one. Yeah. Just about the man himself. Yeah, like Pirates of the and Caribbean. Just call, you could just call it Badass Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that movie where he's like, it's a duck, not a dick? <laughs> I don't know. What is that? Steph, you watched it the other day. What movie does Samuel L. Jackson say? It's a duck, not a dick. The Long Kiss Goodnight. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Goodnight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you reckon? Samuel L. Jackson for shit theme. Yeah. I think it would win against Toho Godzilla. I mean, but I mean, obviously you can't just approach Samuel L. Jackson and say, hey, can we buy the license to the IP? Actually. To you or your to, existence. Yeah, actually. Yeah. But you wouldn't be able to get anything he's done in movies. But I mean, most of the movies he's in, he just says like motherfucker. Like that's his, that's exactly. his thing now. That's his thing. So we could just get Samuel L. Jackson, like if he granted permission to use his, well, not even his likeness, if he got on board with the game himself, it could be a custom Samuel L. Jackson machine. Oh my God. Imagine custom collapse by him. That's the best thing about Rick and Morty. It'd be it so is good. Like the fact that Rick and Morty has all of those amazing, I don't know, like when you, when you walk up to Rick and Morty and you just like, you know, well, you know it now, when you walk up to Shadow and you press the flipper buttons before, like, you, like you, you're not playing in attract mode. Yeah. And it'll say something. It'll make a sound. Yeah. Some people machines do a really good job at this. Some of it, it's like there's two sounds and they loop. Rick and Morty has like, I don't know, an unfathomable amount of them. And one of them was like, hey, uh-huh. hey, button pusher. And it's, it's Morty just trying to convince you to play the game. Like, you just, do you want to play Do you want to play the game? Just like, just drop some money in and we can go in a bit. It's, it's so funny. Cute. Um, but Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. This might actually. Imagine. Yeah. 
plunge the ball, motherfucker. Have you heard Samuel A. Jackson um, read that book, Go, Go the Fuck to Sleep? Yes, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. Greatest children's book of all time. Yeah, so I think... Okay, I think well, I'm going to win guy. this week for sure. But if Yeah, if you win, that just proves that Toho Godzilla has done a good thing. <laughs> so much hate, Ryan. Okay. Talking about um, hate, there's no... um, did you... <laughs> Did you manage... I was just about to say there's no smooth segue available here, yeah. but you just went straight yeah. into one. Talking about Speaking hate, of... um, did you manage to talk to Nate Shivers this week? Uh, no, I didn't. I think maybe Nate's a bit too cool for me based on our previous discussion. Did you, I have did you friend request some him? of our previous bumps, uh, but not Nate. No, should I? Do you think I should do that right now? What the hell? You didn't even try. Look... I was tied up talking to some of our um, better contenders, okay? I-, I told you, these guys have two weeks to seal the deal, and that's it. Cut them off. Block. Okay. Block, delete. <laughs> All right. While we're waiting for an answer from Nate, um, <laughs> what have you got for me this fortnight? Ah, uh, I don't know. This is kind of last minute, but there's a guy <laughs> There's a guy in pinball. Um, he's pretty famous. We've talked about him before. He's not mm-hmm. a stern employee, but he was a Stern employee contractor. And he, no, you go on. And he, he wishes he was back there in Stern. He's he's gagging for that that invitation. He wants someone <laughs> he wants someone to pick up the phone and be like, Hey, Mr Mr. Bumpman, um, we want you back on this project. Do you know who it is? Uh-huh. Is it Steve? <laughs> Steve? No. <laughs> Who's Steve? Bowden. Who what? Stephen Bowden. Oh, Stephen Bowden. Bowden. No, he never worked at Stern. I don't know. Did he not work for Stern? Okay. Um, do, you want, do you want it to be Steve? It can be Steve if you want. <laughs> we can just make it Steve. Um, no, I want to know who you're thinking okay. of. I have no idea. Um, what else can I tell you about this guy? Is it... His, wait, wait, wait. His, this guy is gagging for a twippy gagging. so hard. Almost as much as Canada's gagging for a twippy. He is, he is on his knees ready to do whatever it takes to win a twitter. Why do you keep saying gagging? Is that a is that a clue as to this person's identity? Is it Christopher Franchi? It is Christopher Franchi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Amazing yep, amazing artist. Um I think uh-huh. I think the guy who's the most suited for pinball art um in the world. I love all of his pinball machine artworks. Mm-hmm. Um very generous guy. Very, very generous. Um he, loves hexagons. Lo- he yeah that that joke's two years old. Let's let's move past it. Um, he loves Twippies. He loves. There's nothing he loves more than his um, his French French bulldog and the potential uh-huh. Twippy that he wants to win for okay. for podcasting. Right. So I don't know. I think the way the way into this guy's heart. I know he's meant to be wooing you. Is just uh-huh. just tell him that he's like he's in the box seat. He's gonna win a Twippy. Yeah, and just tell him all the reasons why. Yeah, and I think you'll be in. I mean, maybe if he made a podcast episode with me, he'd win a Twippy. I I don't think so. I don't think I don't think that's gonna. <laughs> yeah, I think his. That's not gonna help his chance. No, I mean, if you listen to his podcast, like he he goes after the creme de la creme, like and yeah, mm. there's laugh tracks, there's like there's there, segues, yeah. there's advertisements, sponsorship. Okay, no no shit on Chris or his show whatsoever, but I just can't deal with laugh tracks. So uh, this is if he's going to be the bump, is, he's no, you, you're you're going to lose him. I'm going to lose him because I don't like laugh tracks. Yeah, say you love laugh that's tracks. Okay, look, that's a deal. Just with say me. it. I don't love laugh tracks. Uh, I don't. Do you want a new bump then? <laughs> sure. What do you got? <laughs> no, that's it. Oh, you got two weeks of the franchise. Just lay him out there. Yeah, two. He's he has a very dark <laughs> okay, sense of humor. He has a dark sense of humor. Okay. Well, do you think that maybe we can overcome the laugh track thing? It's weird. I was listening. 
I, it has never annoyed me. Um, I feel bad for saying this. It's never annoyed me until today when I was listening to the paper flock guys. Cause I was like, fuck these guys. And the laugh track was in there for stuff that wasn't really funny. Right. So it was, it was very out of place for that. For everything else, I'm just like, that's fine. Like it's, you know, whatever. Um, but for uh-huh. this, because I wanted to kind of like hate on these guys, <laughs> the laugh track just did not suit. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand the point of laugh tracks personally, because if something is funny, people will laugh naturally. So why do you need to insert can laughter? Well, I mean, like TV shows, very successful TV shows do it. Yeah, but the the actors aren't going to just laugh in the middle of their lines, like bah, that's no, hilarious. the actors aren't. Podcasts but there's like the stu- the studio audience. I'm sure they. But they're not really there, Ryan. Who's not really there? The studio audience. Yeah. They're not actually there. What I'm saying is, that's you can't a, really be. That's you just can't a turn be, of phrase. You can't be harsh on a pinball podcast trying to do something <laughs> that like billion dollar studios do for a reason. I can, though, when the very format of pinball podcasting requires that you're actually speaking to people that are there in front of you, unlike a studio audience, which doesn't actually exist for a lot of these TV shows. But they're doing it all over the internet. You know I'm right, and you're just trying not to agree with me. I'm just trying to, like, help Christopher Franchi like you. That's all I'm trying to do, (laughs) and you're making it very hard, Jess. I'm sorry. Look, it's sometimes we can't agree about everything, right? No successful relationship requires agreement on every single factor. So maybe Mr. Franchi's just got to step up to the plate and find some other common ground. Okay, maybe maybe you can convince him to do it. Let's see. Let's see if you can <laughs> convince him to drop the laugh track. Yes, no, it's not going to work. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. He can do him. Maybe... I mean, I'm very happy for him to do his show the way that he wants to do. Mm. I just mean that if he's going to be a suitor, like, we've got to find something else to connect on, you know? Maybe maybe once he loses the Twippy to Canada, um, then you could be like, hey, are you, are you teachable now? Are you ready to listen, Chris? <laughs> and you think he's going to take tips from me on how to podcast? Just get in now and say, hey, Chris, you're going to come second. You're, like, wasting your time. Um, and then when it happens, you'd be like, do you, do you see? That doesn't work, does it? You, like the whole I told you so thing doesn't work, uh, does it? No, I don't think so. I think this is a very aggressive approach. Maybe we should just start with like talking about how cool dogs are or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have a dog. All right, cool. Yeah, I have several dogs in this tiny apartment. You just haven't seen them yet. <laughs> All right. All right, cool. Bye Great bomb. forever. Thank you. <laughs> oh, is that it? Done. <laughs> do, see you later. Do you, do you have anything else to talk about? Um, look, I've got a few little notes, but let's just wrap it up there. I don't know if I, I'm still focused on the laugh track. <laughs> um, I got, to, right. I got time. You got two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. Well, the other thing that I've been up to this fortnight is that I made my voice acting debut on another show. Did you hear that, Ryan? No. Oh, wait. Oh, was, this something, was this something on the final round? Yeah. What was it? I'm not going to tell you because then I'll blow my cover. Ah, it was during, it was the Netflix, it was a Netflix thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember now. So how would you rate my voice acting efforts on a scale of one to 10? Because personally I'd give myself about a 0. 0.5. <laughs> Four out of 10 lemmingtons. Four out of 10 lemmingtons. Mm. I like this personalized Australian scale that we've got going on. Did you know that people overseas don't know what lemmingtons are? Yep. Holy moly. We need to export some lemmingtons to the world. They're not that great. So there's no point. It's just some weird. What? They're, they're pretty good, but they're not that. They're not that great. Sure, you can chuck sugar on anything, and and 
Oh, sugar. There's like there's some jam in there. There's like jam. That's the, ja- that's the sugar. Oh, you're really you're being very reductionist right now. A lamington isn't just jam and sugar. It is a fluffy square of heaven. Yeah. Dipped in sweet chocolate and generously dusted with coconut flakes. I don't that think... is not merely sugar and jam, my friend. I don't think people in the, in the US trust Aussies on food because we're all like, hey, taste this Vegemite. It's fucking awesome. And they're like, oh, this is just salt. This is just yeast. This tastes like shit. Because they, they dollop it on like it's meant to be peanut butter. Yeah, but that's because they're lacking proper instruction. I feel like if I handed a lemming to an, to an American and was like, just eat this and enjoy, it's simple. It's beautiful. Did There's you... a lot of hate going on from you lately. All right. Before we go, we've got 10 seconds left. Did I know what? Before we go. Yeah, go. Um, I bought a Gina. Bye. <laughs> I already knew that. No, you didn't. I said I was going to buy yes, one. Yes, I did. Didn't I? Oh, I thought you... Okay, maybe I'm thinking of Avengers. No, you can't cut me off there. 30 seconds left. Tell me when are you getting it? What did you get? I'll... You know, to, to be continued, that's the massive cliffhanger. I'm, I'm pretty sure people are, like, dying oh. to know. It's, this is very important. And, pe- okay. and people get... Catch Jesse J's Pinball Adventures, episode 12, one fortnight from now, to find out the results of the shit theme of the week, Samuel L. Jackson versus... What was yours again? I've already forgotten because to- it was Toho so crap. Godzilla. Toho Godzilla. Yeah, Toho. And to find out which GNR Ryan C has bought for his collection. I wonder when if Goodbye if, forever. Wait, shut up. I wonder I wonder if when <laughs> if when Stern releases Godzilla, if they're gonna get away with just calling it Godzilla and then in like little tiny font they're like uh, the Toho one, Toho Godzilla. Or if they're gonna I call it sh- shut up. Sh- sh- <laughs> I'm gonna do a Ryan. Shh shut up. Goodbye forever. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye! <laughs> um, I guess I can talk a little bit about Paper Flock. I'll listen that to that interview today really quickly. All right. You just but got really quiet for a sec. I listened to that interview really quickly today, the Paper Flock one. Oh, yeah? Okay, I look forward to you telling people to get it again. <laughs> Don't put that word in the podcast again, please. <laughs> <laughs> You're embarrassed, are you? I'm not embarrassed. I just, you know, I'm I've got to fucking not embarrassed. you up I'll just, uh, I'm not tell- embarrassed, mate. I'm not embarrassed. I'll just tell all my suitors about the podcast and they're like, why are you hanging out with this daft c***, Jess? <laughs> All right. I love it. You are a dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love you. You're the best. You are uh, the best. Okay. Welcome to episode eleven of Jesse J's Pinball Adventures with your hosts Jesse J and Ryan C. How you doing, Ryan? Yeah, this is not going to be um, very organised. Um, but I'll just edit it to sound a little bit less disorganized. Did you add in a laugh track? For <laughs> well, okay, let's practice some laughs now, and then I'll I'll edit it in. My Ready? laughs are all goofy. I laugh like a loon. At my job, I laugh. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> That's what I do when I'm just evilly amused, but I'm not really laughing. Just, Can you oh, give me oh, a hee hee hee? Hee hee hee. This is dumb. All right.
<laughs> it is incredibly stupid. What a terrible idea. I'm going to I'm going to blame you for coming up with it. 